Next Generation Donors, What Do We Need to Know? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm so glad to welcome back our good friend and colleague, Dr. Michael Moody, who's with the Johnson Center, one of the leading research institutes on the philanthropic sector, located at Grand Valley State University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And before that time, Michael was with us at what is now the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Michael, always a delight to work with you. Thanks for being back with us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm, uh, as you as you said, I'm I'm been connected to the the center since 1989, uh, and uh, and it's been a, a positive road all along. So I'm always glad to come back. Uh, the last time we talked with you, it was about your book Generation Impact: How yep. Next Gen Donors Are Revolutionizing Giving. And then late in 2020, you came out with a second edition. What were some of the new findings in that second edition of the book? So what we did, we called the second edition. It's out in, it was a paperback edition that we called expanded and updated. Uh, and what we meant by that was we, um, the, the core of the book uh, actually held up pretty well. Uh, it was originally published in uh, 2017. And we found that most of the, the findings in, in the core of the book were really uh, continuing, uh, you know, which is good news. Uh, the, the, even though the next gen is uh, rapidly uh, changing, they, their approach to philanthropy still seemed to be uh, consistent. What was different was um, we, in the updated edition, we added three, well, we added a discussion guide for people like book clubs and things. And then we added three best practice guides. Uh, these, were, these were guides that we had been given us some money from the Gates Foundation to produce um, uh, lessons and best practices for three main audiences of people who want to uh, engage this next generation of big donors. Uh, and that includes families, that includes advisors, and then that of course includes uh, nonprofits and fundraising professionals. And so we had, we had uh, each of those are now in the book with uh, specific, much more practical even than, than uh, uh, what we had provided before in the book. And so we hope that's helpful to, the, to certain audiences. We also did a new preface where we kind of talked about some of the questions we'd been hearing as we'd been doing our speaking around the country and, and uh, rolling the book out uh, to those audiences and, uh, and, and address some of the issues around you know, pol politics and, and uh, the national landscape had changed quite a bit after the book was published. Uh, well, really when the research was done, uh, it was really pre-2016 election and all sorts of things. So we, we talked a little bit about uh, you know, what might've been different uh, if we had done some of those interviews and talked to the next gen folks after uh, you know, after 2016 and, and talked a little bit about how they really want to get involved in, in uh, more political activities than we had even anticipated in the book. So that was maybe the biggest, biggest change. We, one of the, I will say also, one of the things we say in the podcast, or in the, in the uh, and one of the things we say in the preface, this new preface is that, you know, this is going to be a difficult, this sort of revolution that the next gen want to bring to giving. Uh, they're going to do some great things and it's really exciting, but they're also, um, causing this, the field really has to respond, and it's a lot of work uh, to respond effectively. And we pointed out how uh, it's nonprofits really that have to do the most to respond, and especially fundraisers. Um, and so the changes that are happening in the field when that are being brought by this next gen really, I think, affect fundraisers more than anybody. And Michael, when we look at some of that baseline data, including some of the research our own school has done on millennial donors. Um, is that fewer of them give compared to their ancestors when their ancestors were what is now millennial age, but the ones who do give, give more. And I remember yeah. one of your presentations for our school, you pointed out that they also want to be more hands-on uh, yeah. in their charitable giving. So how should nonprofits be adjusting then? And it's wonderful that you have these 
now practical guides uh, in the second edition that we encourage people to pick up. But just what are some of those themes that you're presenting to nonprofits on how they need to adjust to these hands-on, very active donors of the millennial generation? Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, it's it's a, a, a really a good po point to make in thinking about how to adjust to the next generation because, as you know, our, our our book really focused on those who have the capacity for significant giving, um, and uh, and that's a dynamic, of course, that that you all and others are pointing out uh, with some really strong data from the panel survey and other things that shows, you know, the the amount of giving uh, in um, in the United States goes up each year, but the number of households who say they give is going down, which means more and more of that money is coming from fewer and fewer families and fewer and fewer donors, um, and so those donors who are at that level where they can give significantly and are giving more, um, those become even more important for the fundraising operation. There's a bigger question of, you know, what's happening to philanthropy generally that uh, that that I'm is a really important one to me. Um, but when I focus just on those donors who are the ones that are giving more in this in this uh, current climate, then um, we do find that they want to give in different ways. They still want to give to similar issues. They just want to give in in much more hands-on ways. They want to take more risks. They want to try new things. They want to use more of the tools in their toolbox, is what, how we put it. And uh, and so with the hands-on, for example, you know they they want to be. We had one donor in the book, for example, say my grandfather wanted to give money to to you know put the name on the bricks on the outside of the building, and that was great. But my generation, we want to be inside the building, working with our sleeves rolled up uh, with the people who are running the programs of that organization. We want to be close partners, uh, and uh, and that's hard. Uh, you know, that requires more time. Uh, you know, they're going to want to meet with the executive director uh, more to talk about, are you meeting your benchmarks that we talked about last year when we did this big gift to you? And, uh, you know, they want to be asked to give their talents. Um, you know, they don't want to just be the name on a foundation that they're the next generation of that, you know, writes a check and, and gets honored for that. They want to, you know, be asked to say, oh, you're a lawyer. Can you come up and help us with this? Or you're an IT expert. We could use your, uh, you, you know, some of your giving of your talents. And for them, that's as valuable as any money they can give, giving their time and their talents. So that requires some adjustment. Um, they're not the sort of donors to give you money and then back away and let you uh, do the work uh, from the nonprofit perspective. That can be a positive because they actually get to know the organization much better and, and might very well, as they get deeply involved, learn a lot more about what you really need rather than what they think you need. Uh, and, and that can be a great benefit. So uh, pluses and minuses. No, it's a great finding, Michael, and so helpful. And uh, your ability to translate that into practical action for fundraisers and nonprofits is so much appreciated, uh, including now what you've discovered about this next generation and the generation impact starting in 2020 and moving forward with the so-called twin pandemics, obviously the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, and also just the uh, reawakening greater awareness around issues surrounding racial and social justice and reconciliation. What have you been finding thus far about this millennial generation? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we, did, we, we came out with a second edition that came out in 2020, a year, uh, about a year ago, um, but the preparation for that work was, had to be finished earlier in 2020. So we didn't get to really include a lot about what was happening right in 2020. Um, and, uh, and also we had, you know, we wanted to gather some new information. So my, my uh, co-author Sharna Goldsecker and I did uh, a new survey, and we did a bunch of new conversations with the next generation, uh, people really from their 20s to their 40s at the time, and, and asked them, what are they doing? And what are they doing with their families in response uh, to these dual, you know, dual pandemics? And, uh, and we really found a few things. One is, and I'll just highlight a couple of them. One is, 
um, they really still want to see impact. You know, we, that's one of the big messages from the book is that they want to see the impact. By the way, it's also something nonprofits and fundraisers should be aware of, right? right. You need to show them that impact and talk about impact with them. Uh, but, and for them in the pandemic, what that meant was, um, or in 2020 generally, was getting money out the door quickly to the organizations working on the ground. Um, and they also wanted to lean into those relationships, you know, those relationships we just talked about in terms of being more hands-on and closer partners. They wanted to lean into being those partners and, and, uh, and try to take uh, an approach that said, I first wanted to go and listen and ask, what do you need? Um, and, uh, and of course, they did a lot of the things that we know a lot of funders did, which was, you know, relaxing reporting requirements, allowing nonprofits to convert program grants to operations and all of those things. So they were, they were really behind that. What they also did maybe that was a different than other major donors uh, in 2020 was a couple of things. One was they uh, really leaned into do, to also using other tools. So you remember I'm, I mentioned how they want to take risks. They want to use other tools. Um, and for them, for them, those other tools are occasionally political tools using, you know, we heard a lot of people talk about, I got involved with funding and supporting and volunteering for movements more than I did before, uh, involved in some form of activism. Um, and, uh, and so that was one part of it. And they also, they also started to do things like give loans that they'd never given before uh, to nonprofits. Uh, by one person told us they bought Zoom licenses for all their grant, all their family mm -hmm. foundations grantee, you know, just stuff that that uh, they figured there were more than just grants that they feel were helpful. And they and the next generation very much believes that doing good in the world is not just limited to writing checks or giving money to establish 501c3 charities. They wanna support you know, uh, startups, they wanna support movements, they wanna give loans, they wanna use their businesses. We had one person talk about using her business or IT business to help the local United Way process all the new donations and just stuff like that. They wanna use all the tools in their toolbox. And the other thing that was somewhat different about them is they use this as an opportunity to start a conversation about racial justice within their families. Uh, and many of them said, I've been wanting to do this with my family members for a long time, but it was an uncomfortable subject. We didn't have a chance to talk about it. Uh, and now we're doing things like talking about what's the, you know, what's our process for making decisions when we decide, do we want to give to an organization? Do we look at the racial composition of the board of that organization? Or do we, do we maybe want to set aside a certain portion of our grant making for social justice causes? And they said, many of the next gen people that took the survey said, I've never been able to have that conversation with my family before. Um, and so that's, they, you know, like a lot of these things in 2020, the question now is how much is that gonna stick once we hopefully emerge from these pandemics? Um, and we'll see with that. But the next gen really, you know, did some things uh, that were in line with where they had been before, but they, re, they, they, uh, they expanded those considerably. And if it were up to them, which it in many, many ways will be, uh, they they want to continue to do that. So I think some of those things are certainly going to stick. Michael, when we think about this millennial generation, especially because of technology, and we think of what has happened culturally, technology has promoted self-actualization, self-expression, self-development. And the millennials in your book, as you mentioned, you're looking at those medium and higher level donors. They've had a lot of success early on, and they view that as this is the work of my hands, the work of my effort, as I have, mm -hmm. again, self-actualized and and, and expressed my talents and abilities and have prospered from that. Sounds like that's the mindset millennials are bringing into their philanthropic behaviors. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I will say, you know, there is, there's, there's a couple of dynamics uh, that, that complicate that. It's certainly, certainly true. One, one of those is that, you know, you, you do have, and this is, this goes to the question of the impacts for nonprofits that we've been talking about. 
um, we call it the bull in the china shop uh, uh, problem, where you know you you're super, especially if you're super successful at a young age, um, and you've done that through those mechanisms of venture investing and and you know uh, startups and and you know disruption, right? As the, as as many people have you know disrupted industries and and seen great success with that. They come in often when they want to be more involved in as donors and with nonprofits, and they feel like disruption is the path to take. Uh, and they come in and they say, okay, I'm, I'm now really excited about your cause and your organization, and I want to come in and show you how to do everything differently so that it works better and you're more efficient. Uh, and that can be a challenge, right? Um, and they, they will certainly come in with a lot of new ideas and how you handle the, those new ideas uh, is, is really a, going to be a key for whether they continue to be involved. But as they stay involved, I think many of them get over, get past that and, and start to realize the complexities of trying to do that kind of work in a, in a uh, nonprofit setting. So a lot of great advice, practical evidence-based information that you can use for your fundraising from millennials. Again, the book is Generation Impact. Make sure you pick up the second edition, which came out in 2020, which has new information, the new preface, which uh, has some new guidance, as well as these resources that are uh, very helpful in helping you implement this knowledge into your nonprofit organization and into your fundraising. Again, Dr. Michael Moody is with the Johnson Center at Grand Valley State University. Uh, Michael and his colleagues are known nationally and internationally for their research and application related to philanthropic behavior. So make sure you check them out online, the Johnson Center at Grand Valley State University. Meanwhile, here at the Fundraising School, we have our public courses, our custom training, these weekly podcasts, and of course, quarterly webinars, all available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the Fundraising School. Again, our guests today, Dr. Michael Moody, our producers today, Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Thank you.